wonder if we could do what that song suggested this morning. It said, with my hands upraised, he deserves all the praise. I think it'd be very fitting right now just for a few moments. This is the reason why we came. We came to give him praise. How about we have every hand lifted in this place and just for 20 seconds, with all your heart, let's worship God this morning. It don't have to be pretty. It just has to be real. God, I love you. God, I thank you for everything you've done. I don't deserve the goodness that you bring unto me. But I'm here telling you, you deserve all of the praise, all of my worship. Come on, young people. Are you thankful for everything God has done for you? He deserves all the praise for that. You may be going through something horrifying. But he still deserves the praise because you're in this house today. Oh, come on. Let's lift our hands a little longer. Come on. It ain't that big of a sacrifice to raise your hands this morning. Uplift your voice. God is here. God is going to do something great. There's miracles in the house of God today. There's deliverance in the house of God today. Are you thankful for that? If you are, let's just worship him for a moment. Savior, I love you. I praise you. There is none like you that can compare. I'm here today. I'm tired. I'm weary, Lord, but I want you to know that I love you and I'm thankful. I'm entering into your courts with thanksgiving and into your gates with praise. I'm worshiping you and I'm blessing your name. I'm thankful. I'm privileged. I'm honored to know you, to have your name and your blood applied to my life. I don't deserve it, but you deserve every ounce of worship and praise and concentration that I can give you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands, all you people. And let's do the next part. It says, shout unto God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just like that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel victory in the house of God today for somebody. Victories don't come unless you fight. You have to fight sometimes, even when you're tired and weary. We're getting strength this morning in the house of God. Praise God. Everybody happy this morning? I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm ready to hear the word of God this morning. Is Fairfield, California in the house? Can I hear you? All right. All right. Good, good. This gentleman coming, he works on the committee. He is a hard worker. I have much respect for our morning speaker and his wife. I can tell that they have a passion and burden for young people. Thank God for men that love young people. Amen. And I would like to invite this morning to this pulpit, Brother Luis Rosales. Brother Luis, come. Deliver the word of God without fear and favor, my friend. God bless you. I feel God in this house. Do you feel God in this place? Oh, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And I know we're all the way in Monterey, California, all the way from the northern California, the south California. Everybody's driven to meet here. And I believe God has a purpose for today. Like Brother Brock said, somebody's living here with victory this morning. Amen. Thank you, Brother Brock. Thank you to the committee. I'd like to give honor to all the ministry that's here. I'd like to give honor to every single one of you because Camp West would not be here without you guys. We love you guys and God is going to do something very powerful today. Does anybody believe that today? Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. 
As we turn there, I'd also like to give high respect unto my wife for putting up with me, for helping me out and keeping me straight as we work at all this and Camp West and registration and all the while she's pregnant, staying up with the girls and I love that woman. But Man, I feel God so deep and strong in this place. I don't know about you, but before I leave, I want to make sure that I am changed today. So without further ado, let's get into the word. Are you guys with me? Amen. You guys are not too tired, are you? Okay, great. Let's go into the book. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It reads as follows. And we know, everybody say, we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Everybody say, called to his purpose. Turn to somebody around you. Shake him up a little bit and say, hey, you were called to his purpose. You were called to his purpose. Amen. This morning, I don't necessarily have an agenda to teach or to preach. I just want to get through this message and share it to somebody share my heart and whether it's teaching whether it's preaching I just want to share it so somebody in the audience grasps the vision and grasps what God has in store for this place I believe that somebody here is going to leave without a doubt that they have purpose in their life because we live in a society that's looking for purpose that's looking for fulfillment but this morning at Camp West, we have a group of young people who are passionate for God, who are desperate for God and the things of God that are going to leave here change. We're going to leave some things on this altar. And by the time you leave here to go get your pizza or whatever it is we're having for lunch, you're going to be a changed person. Will you shout, I want to be changed. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we praise your great name, oh God. We have come before you this morning because we want your spirit to fill us. We need your power, Lord. We need your love to come and fill each and every individual in this place. God, I pray that you would anoint me, anoint my lips, that my word would go forth, oh God. That you would anoint me, Lord, and that you would break the chains of bondage. That somebody lives here with victory today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you believe that God is good, would you clap your hands and would you shout with a shout of victory? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for all the musicians. They brought in Pulled us through the veil of worship, and I, I feel God so strong in this place. So thank you. Very noted playing and singing. There once was a man at a circus. While he was passing the elephants, he suddenly stopped, confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held only by a small rope tied to their front leg. No chains, no cages. It was obvious that the elephants could at any time break away from their bonds. But for some reason, they did not. He saw a trainer nearby and asked 
while these animals, being so big, just stood there and made no attempt to get away. Well, the trainer said, when they were very young and much smaller, we used the same size rope to tie them. And at that age, it's enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are conditioned to believe they cannot break away. They believe the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break away. The man was amazed. These animals could at any time break free from their bonds, but because they believed they couldn't, they were stuck right where they were. Like the elephants, how many of us go through life hanging on to a belief that we cannot do something simply because we have failed before? Maybe it isn't because we failed, but from a very young age, our society tries to instill within us preconceived thinking, preconceived beliefs, and the society tries to desensitize us so that those beliefs become our worldview. The world around you and the God of this world will try to put a rope around your life, around your mind, and it tries to blind you so that you become desensitized to what's going on around you. That's why the Bible tells us that the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. We allow certain beliefs from the world to cloud our mind, blind our thinking to the point to where what's going on around us becomes our nature. What's going on around us becomes normal. But that's not what God intended, nor is it what we were created to be. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I believe that there are some individuals here at Camp West who, much like the elephant, have come, well, they have a, a rope tied around their, their ankle, and they're trying to get away. And they might come from a dysfunctional family. They might come from a bad background. They might come from hard families, or they might not. They might come from the complete opposite end. You've been in church the entirety of your lifetime. You have been in church the whole time. So you're, you're trying to find purpose. You're trying to find whose shoes to fill. Should I fill my dad's shoes as a preacher, as a pastor, as an evangelist? And yet you are lost. There's some things that are tying your ankle that you cannot break free. But I believe that this morning there's people that will be set free from their bondage. We have come to Camp West. We have people who've come from a dysfunctional home. People who have come battling with sin. People battling with lust. People battling with addiction. And there's others of you that might not be fighting the same battles, but might have the question, is God real? Battling with the question, is there more to life? Trying to figure out if this is as good as it gets, or wondering if there's something else that's better out there that you've never tried. There's some of you who have been preconditioned to deal with situations that you shouldn't have to. There's some of you who have struggled with certain inner battles for far too long. Conditioned to believe that you cannot break free from them. What I'm saying is that there's some of you who have grown with the ropes tied around your ankles, tied around your wrists, tied around your necks. And those ropes might have been able to hold you back at one point. But I've come to tell you that you can at any time break free. God has called me to remind you that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. 
Actually, no, I misquoted that. The truth shall make you free. Because if you're set free, you can get the prisoner out of the prison. But when you're made free, you're out of the prison and nothing can hold you back. So I'm, I'm saying today, though you are fighting with depression, you might be struggling with it. God didn't call you to struggle with depression. God didn't call you to struggle with addiction. God didn't call you to struggle with sin altogether. But God is calling you for his greater purpose. If the son has set you free, you shall be free indeed. If you have received the Holy Ghost, you have received power. And it was never God's intention that his people will be bound by sin. The human will is a part of the human that wrestles with God on a consistent basis. It can be so powerful, Brother Hodge, in such a good way and a bad way. It was Jacob's human will, his carnal nature that God wrestled with all night. And the Bible says that God did not prevail against him. God himself did not prevail against his will. It's not that he couldn't prevail against him because God could in an instant sneeze and have destroyed him. But God wanted Jacob to surrender his will and surrender his carnal nature. I don't know about you, but I want to destroy my carnal nature. My nature is evil. My nature is sinful. And as some of you would say, my nature is stanky. And ultimately, living life of my own is my own sin. Much like that rope can control the elephant and keep the elephant from freedom, sin and our carnal desires can keep us from achieving our full potential and keep us in bondage to our natural man, our carnal nature. But God did not intend for us to stay tied up into sin. God never intended us for us to stay tied up to our insecurities. God never intended for us to stay tied up because of our fears. God never intended for us to stay tied up to the things of our past, our upbringing, our culture. No, but God is calling some young people at Camp West 2019 to lay down some of those things aside. Lay it aside every weight and sin that doth easily beset you and run this race called life with purpose. During the preaching last night, I heard God confirm his word through Brother Marks. I know what I've been called to do today. I'm aware of the potential that lays in front of me. So many of you come from different backgrounds, come from different stories. And each one of you has a call of God in your life. But much before you worry about reaching that potential and reaching that purpose, God is saying you cannot go anywhere with sin tied around your ankle. You cannot go anywhere with sin keeping you hold at your wrist, at your neck. Insecurities keeping you from getting up in the morning and praying. From getting up and saying, Pastor, what is it that you need for me to do at my church? Pastor, what is it that you need for me to do? Should I learn an instrument? Should I learn how to teach Bible studies? What can I do? But it's those insecurities, it's the sin that begins to grab you and to pull at you and to pull you down and to keep you where you're at to the point to where five years go down the road. And although time has passed by, your life is at the exact same place that it's been for the past five years. And I do not want that. It breaks my heart to stand here today. 
I love Camp West. I surely do. This is actually, fun fact for all you guys, this is actually where I met my wife. So you never know who you're sitting by. But it really breaks my heart. <laughs> okay, yo. I know this is California, but we all calm down. <laughs> but in reality, there's people who are sitting by you, maybe across the aisle, it might be right next to you, who, as you grow up, they might never break away from the thing that's holding them back. And you're your friends, perhaps even your best friends, year goes by, I haven't seen them, start asking, you know, where they been, where they at, they doing okay? It breaks my heart. The one thing that I hate about Camp West is coming back every year and realizing that my buddy, who we stayed up at the dorms until 3 a.m., making a bunch of noises and sprinkling water on kids and putting duct tape on people, He's no longer here. He, life moved on, but he stayed behind with his sin. He got distracted. I don't know what it was. I could never tell you. And it breaks my heart to be up here. And I applaud every single counselor that's here because I've grown up with some of you. And you have not changed. God is strengthening you. And you, your love for God keeps you going further and forward. But to those that are not here... It breaks my heart to think that there could be some more counselors here, but they're not here today because they did not break free. I'm aware of the potential that's here. It's in front of me. There's preachers, there's evangelists, there's ministers, there's business owners, there's prayer warriors, there's soul winners in front of me. But despite of the potential that you have, you will never be able to achieve your purpose until you are delivered of whatever it is that's holding you back. Hey, I'm here to help some people take their blinds off. I'm here to help some people get their ropes off and take their chains off and begin to get, get wild for God, get crazy for God. It doesn't matter what background you come from. God has more for you. But the only way that you're going to reach that potential is that you get crazy. Is that you say, forget about listening to that type of music. Forget about that YouTube channel. Hey, I would preach against movies, but you got something much more dangerous right here in your pocket. You can get on YouTube for hours, but you cannot get on your knees and pray. That lets me know that there's a need. There's a need for young people to fall in love with God. There's a need for young people to reach up and say, God, I want to achieve my potential. No matter what kind of background I came from, no matter what's holding me back, I want to please you, Jesus. Oh, I wonder if that prayer is the same throughout this place. If so, could we lift our hands and worship God for a few moments? Oh, God, I pray that you would set some people free today. Oh, God, that whatever it is that's holding them back, that they would come out and that they would break out, God, and that your purpose would be revealed today. Oh, hallelujah. If you believe that you're leaving here with purpose, would you clap your hands and praise God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to keep saying it, but I believe that people are going to leave here changed today. People are going to leave their chains at the altar. 
and go to that lunchroom right over there, changed. Amen. The book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse number 7, reads as follows. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. This is a very familiar portion of Scripture, as it is a point of debate for those who have no faith in the Word of God. People will try to tell you that this verse is but a fable and a story because they believe that something came out of nothing and for no reason at all, only by chance, that something developed over time into what we know today as mankind and our world and everything else around us. That's what today's scientists will tell you, but that is oh so very far from the truth. You see, believing that those scientists are right would mean that mankind was made without an intent or without a purpose, and that everything happened by chance. But that's not the case. This very idea causes people to wonder for years the purpose of their life. A lack of purpose can easily, easily lead anyone into believing that there is no purpose to their life. Having no purpose leads to depression. And finding fulfillment in all sorts of different venues in a dire attempt to find fulfillment. This lack of purpose can easily lead to the path of addiction. And as stated before, it leads to depression, bondage, and in the worst case scenario, suicide. That's why the enemy will have you to believe that there is no God. Or even worse, believe that there is something better than living for God. There is nothing better than living for God. If there is something that I can share with you today is the fact that there is no better life than living for God. Take it from somebody who was, he, he was on the brink of committing suicide before coming to God. God had me under the impression that I had no purpose. I was convinced that he wasn't real. And as stated before, that led into a life full of ingratitude, lack of fulfillment, and in turn, lack of a desire to live. I didn't have the privilege of being born into this apostolic truth. I was actually born in Monterey, Nuevo Leon, in Mexico. Shortly after my youngest brother was born, my father let, decided to leave my mom and my family in the wonderful United States of America. But trust me, my experience wasn't as wonderful as the country was. Not knowing the language, my mother raised three boys, working minimum wage jobs and doing everything that she could to provide for her family. Most of my childhood, I looked older, so I always hung out with the wrong crowd. I tried hanging out with them and after sports practice, after football, after Scholars Bowl, I tried sneaking around and doing things that apostolic shouldn't do and any young person shouldn't do. But I always hung out with the wrong crowd at school who would have me try things and do things I shouldn't. So I tried, after that, I tried joining the Scholars Bowl team and the math team, and I tried going to different Bible-based religions, Catholicism, Baptist, Methodist, you call it, they got everything out there in Alabama. But I tried everything. <laughs> but I could not find fulfillment. On the outside, I portrayed myself as arrogant, 
as mean and untouchable, but deep down inside, I was hurt and I was crying for help. I did not have purpose. I felt unwanted. I felt as if my situation would never get better. And I stayed in that mentality. And I, in that mentality, I would have never gotten better. I tried multiple religions because I was hungry for the truth, but I couldn't find what I was looking for. I tried everything. I thought I could try and found no fulfillment. Therefore, I made a plan and told nobody about it. But by the end of middle school, I did not find what I was looking for. I would go to the woods behind my school and find myself a tree and hang myself from it. Looking back now, that would have been a very bad choice to make. As, of course, I would not be here. I didn't care about my family. I didn't think that life was worth living for. But it wasn't until one day on my summer break that my older brother forced me to go to a little green Pentecostal church in the middle of nowhere, Coleman, Alabama, where the preacher preached the message that brought me to my knees. And while I was laying